Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast presented by Applied Software Great Tech Group. You're invited to join our conversation to model the future of construction innovation and the digital transformation adventure of this great industry. I'm excited to continue our special podcast series that we recorded live from Autodesk University 2023. My guest in this conversation is Kyle Kanar. He's an integration manager for DPR Construction, servicing Phoenix and San Diego business units, along with national efforts related to construction technology. Kyle is coming up on his seventh year with DPR, where he started off on the project management side until he switched roles to be an integration manager. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with Kyle. Uh, Kyle, thanks so much for taking the time and joining the show this afternoon. Yeah, thanks for having me. So can you start by giving a little bit of your background and what brings you to AU this year to the audience? Absolutely. So I am an integration manager with DPR Construction. So I've been with DPR just under seven years now. So been in the construction industry with them right out of college. So I worked a little bit of internships with uh, with some small subcontractors before that. Mm-hmm. And then since I've been at DPR, kind of went the, the PM. PE route and kind of flash forward I was really into technology really into workflows really into tools and come to find out I was actually doing my new job without actually with the title so (laughs) uh, was always kind of into that kind of that kind of stuff and so I just really got into data as of recently Mm. I really was kind of diving into ooh power bi oh like how can we leverage more of this stuff and my my role as an integration manager is really helping teams connect their workflows and their technology and making sure that they have the resources and tools and everything that they need to be successful mm-hmm. so i have an interesting kind of hybrid role where i'm helping out teams but i'm also then reporting back and seeing more on a corporate level more on a higher level how that all trickles down and how it affects teams yeah. and then being able to give that feedback back up so that was a perfect opportunity to come to AU and talk a little bit about data and what we're seeing and mostly from like a front lines perspective whereas I feel like it's a lot of times people that are more like data scientists or analysts or people that do that Mm full-time and I just dabble in it so it was kind of cool to wanted to give my perspective yeah Yeah. that's awesome Uh, what sparked your 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 passion for the the technology side that you proactively went in and, and started figuring oh, it all out. Well, so I think my technology, I, I've always just kind of been into it, right? Mm-hmm. And like, even since high school, I used to make like iPhone apps and like looking back at it, they were probably really cheesy and <laughs> terrible. But uh, yeah, so that was like kind of my first step into it. And then in college, I was like, man, maybe I could be a, like a computer scientist. Maybe mm-hmm. I could be all these different things. And uh, so I, I went construction. And <laughs> so, so it's a logical it, next step. Exactly, yeah. exactly. They reeled me in a little bit with like the VDC route. And then they're like, well, you could also do project engineering and VDC. So I was always just kind of interested and mm-hmm. I knew I kind of had a passion for it. Like I get excited about September because that's when like a lot of tech companies do all of their unveiling of yeah. like the new stuff. And nice. so it's just one of those things that I've just always been interested in. Like I am not good with little tools and using my hands, but you put it me in front of a computer and I can like really try to figure out the workflow. So just always been something I feel like I pick up on quickly and mm-hmm. I've just always been kind of interested in. Yeah. So yeah. The, the last seven years have, have been uh, uh, a huge just hockey stick on technology. Oh, yeah. Innovation and, and new stuff coming on to the oh, market. Yeah. How do you keep up and how do you balance the, all the, the new tech coming at you? Well, you know, what's interesting. So I was telling this to somebody earlier today. So DPR construction, we we definitely have an interesting way that we've approached. And a lot of the times we have 
kind of the the consistency but within the framework right mm -hmm. or freedom within the framework we always say so teams can go do what they want to do but as long as it's within our guide rails mm -hmm. is kind of where we go for a lot of things um and that's more of a, a newer thing that we see a lot as a company so when, when i first started out at least and this is just at least my own personal experience i was put on a job and they said hey what, what do we need to use <laughs> and it was like, okay, we have all these different technologies, all these different workflows, all these different things. And we were kind of figuring it out as we went along. And then I went to the next project and they said, okay, cool. W what are we going to use? <laughs> so it's one of those things where I feel like it, it always felt like we were kind of starting from scratch every yeah. single time. And I think we've gotten to that point now to where we're like, hey, we're consistently using now ACC on all of our projects. So technology now is becoming more and more consistent, mm. even if it can do a lot of the same things as before. And yes, there's AI and there's a lot of different things. But like at the end of the day, we are seeing it go a little bit more digital and at least more consistent. So now we're getting that more consistent data that we can now get better insights from that we weren't able to before, before we had all of the kind of more disconnected workflows that we mm -hmm. had. So I think that's the, really the biggest change we've seen, at least. So as the consistency has gotten in more of the connected workflows, have you seen the buy-in start increasing for, from everybody, <laughs> uh, you know, in the... All the stakeholders, including the, the, the field coming in and, and getting really bought in and excited about the tech? I, I would say that, you know, with anybody that you talk to, people are hit and miss on the buy-in. Mm -hmm. What I've learned the most is if they feel like it's easy, if they feel like it's not a plus one, but mm -hmm. it's actually taking away from their plate, you get that immediate buy-in, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a great example, literally last week, I was working with a superintendent and the superintendent was having his PE uh, print form 11 by 17 paper drawings. And I was looking at it, I was like, uh, hey, hey, you, you know you have ACC on your phone right now. He's like, yeah, I just couldn't figure out my password. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, man. And so I sat down with him. I figured it out. I got it on his phone. And right when he did it, he's like, oh, man, this is going to really make my life so much easier. Because yeah. I used to walk all the way back from the trailer every single time I needed something printed out. And they're in a hospital where they have to come down four floors and across all these hallways <laughs> and through all the security. I'm like, man, you're wasting so much time. Yeah. And now you have it on your phone. He's like, oh, yeah, this is going to like save me an hour a day so really just him understanding it and him seeing it for the first time is kind of what bridged that gap for him to say okay yeah this is what i want to do now right so I, I think a lot of it is that initial understanding and that that aha moment that people have of like oh yeah this actually will make my life easier yeah. where it doesn't work out is when you show somebody something and it's nice and flashy and there's all these different ways that you can customize it and do and they're like i i just want to build something and yeah. that's where we get stuck sometimes where it, it doesn't necessarily feel easy for people. So they don't adopt it. Mm -hmm. And the people that do adopt it are probably already crushing it already with whatever they're using. Mm -hmm. So it is an interesting adoption kind of workflow that we try to yeah. figure out. How do you go about winning over those skeptics that maybe some people it, it might not be uh, something that gets uh, it's taking something off of your plate, but. We may truly be adding it, but it's <laughs> for the greater good of the, the company. How do you win yeah, those people over? It, it's, a, it's an interesting one, right? Because especially in my role, right? So I'm a, this, I'm a Southwest resource. So okay. I'm all of San Diego, all of Phoenix. Mm -hmm. I saw in the last, between 2022 and 2023, I had like, four, like 254 projects that were kind of like under my belt. So yeah. I can't be at every project every day to show every superintendent, right? right. But it really comes down to that team to identify identify and say, oh man, there is a, a gap here. I, I need to make this person more efficient. And mm -hmm. if they truly aren't willing to like, I don't want to say get with the program, but if they're not willing to adopt that new technology, a lot of time mm -hmm. it's just, 
hey, you know, maybe we'll do a road show and we'll show everybody what it is. Or I like to get into superintendent meetings and like try to get each other's buy-in. So it's not coming from me as a technology guru, but it's coming from one of their peers that's like, oh yeah, that actually did help me. Yeah. So kind of that community and trying to make sure that they have it. And there's some people that just won't, won't do it. That, sure. That's just something that you deal with. I mean, I don't think that that's even a construction specific thing or even no, a technology a specific human thing, specific thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, I deal with humans. That's, <laughs> that's what it comes down to a lot of the time. So, yeah. Yeah. So on the technology side, how are you leveraging the construction cloud, Autodesk construction cloud? Oh man, we're using it for so much and it feels like every day we're using it for something new. So right now we really use everything in ACC build. Huh. We're looking into and we're starting to utilize the ACC takeoff modules. We've been using Autodesk Docs for a really long time just mm -hmm. because of the way it was already incorporated into the next gen and into some of the old BIM 360 softwares we had. So I would say from a VDC side, we're maintaining a lot of the things that we already had, but mm -hmm. moving them more into ACC build from everything else side, now we're starting to see our teams more consistently use RFIs, submittals, um, assets is one that we're really starting to build out workflows because we start are starting to see all the different connectivities, all the things it can be used for. Yeah. Um, so I would say that it is a consistent trying to find what's the next thing that we need to do, but also without going too crazy. And it just like, it's more of like a, instead of this is a plus one, this is a more efficient way that you used to do something. So mm -hmm. great examples like issues, issue mm -hmm. tracking, right? It's like, hey, were we doing this in plan grid? Were we doing this in BIM 360 field? Please don't do this in paper and pencil. So now it's like, hey, we have one consistent spot where you can find your RFIs and your issues in one spot. And then it just clicks. Yeah. So I, I, we're using it for a lot of things though right now. Really, I would say our project teams outside of cost and a couple of other things DPR is still reviewing and trying is a little bit slower to adapt. Um, we're, we're pretty much using it full full stop. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's been, it's been really exciting. And it's just as of last July and we have like 700 projects in it. So wow. that's yeah, awesome. It's been really cool. Very cool. So as more things get, get put into uh, the construction cloud, that's it's more data coming in. How are you managing the, the influx of data <laughs> and being able to not just collect it, but then being able to harness it to get really valuable insights? Man, that's a great question. So I, I like to tell teams that the 75 versus 25% model, you can create a template that's going to work for 75% yeah. of the teams and it could be really generic and really help, like helpful, but maybe most teams are like, this is even too generic for me to use, right? And then you can gather more consistent data if you do something like that. Uh -huh. But then you also have the 25%, right? You have a big data center client where they ask for very specific things. It's like, how do you give them something that we can then track consistently mm -hmm. if we're doing that on a repeatable basis? So mm -hmm. a lot of when we're looking at data right now is really just trying to figure out what kind of things do we actually need the teams to do? Mm -hmm. What things are the teams actually willing to do? at what point do we make it too much to where teams aren't even willing to try it at all and they're just starting from scratch? So yeah. I think we're currently going through this balance of trying to find what is that sweet spot, but we are actively building out workflows. So like distinguishing features of work is something that DPR is really passionate about mm -hmm. and making sure that teams really sit down with the owner and figure out what they want. And that's something that we're using ACC assets for to like really build out a workflow so that it's consistent mm -hmm. and then we can leverage that data. So it's a, it's a give and take and people that are more on the data side are like, please make everything a drop down. And then people that are in the field are like, I want to just voice to text long paragraphs of what I'm seeing. Yeah. So 
there's that that discrepancy and finding something that kind of satisfies both or neither less <laughs> um, is kind of what we're trying to figure out right now. Yeah. How do you go about finding that that balance? Who who do you listen to? Like what kind of people are involved in that that conversation? So so DPR we have a lot of like leadership teams that are involved. Uh, so a great example is on like our quality side. We have a QLN network, so our quality leadership network. Okay. And so we have entire teams built out of people that used to be superintendents, people that used to just be on the quality side on projects, big or small. So we have uh, different groups inside of DPR that are, we, we use like to use the word tiger team mm-hmm. for just yeah. these groups that come together. To it's just a great try phrase. To, I love that phrase. Right? Yeah. We have <laughs> a lot of tiger teams too. A lot of tiger teams. <laughs> exactly. Just waiting for one lion team to pop up, <laughs> pop up and mess up everybody. But uh, yeah, so we have a lot of tiger teams that come together and really try to figure out what is the, the main things that teams are focusing on and then going and getting that frontline feedback. So yeah. it's not always clear cut what is actually going to work. And at some point, we've kind of learned you have to deploy something. And if that something isn't working for teams, okay, how do we coach and correct? How do we use lessons learned? Mm-hmm. And how do we go to the next one? One unique thing that what we do have in construction is that everything is very project-based. Yeah. So if it's not working on one project, you could say, okay, on the next project, we're gonna switch it up a little bit, right? And maybe mm-hmm. that data isn't consistent, but because it's, everything's project-based, we can say, okay, as of now, we're gonna switch to this template, mm-hmm. which gives us a really good way to kind of have individual points in time where we can see when that data was. So yeah. that's helped. Nice, I, I like the uh, agility mindset and that, that uh, continuous improvement. Try to methodology. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a work in progress. You know, it's, it's not always easy, but that's we're always building on it, right? Yeah. Both in the field and in the office. So. Yeah. How do you message that out then to uh, other people to uh, maybe stay patient in the the process and not uh-huh, not get frustrated by it? Well, well, so something interesting also about what ACC allows us to do is it is very flexible on a project side, right? Mm -hmm. So if we are building out like a complex, like quality workflow, and it's not quite ready for the front lines, Mm -hmm. I can have a team that's like, man, man, I really want something like a pre-construction or pre-concrete pour checklist, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, we're still working on exactly what that's going to look like, but if your team gets together, you can go and create this. And one thing that DPR we're we're really good about is empowering our teams to go do something Mm -hmm. if it's a value add and it's not directly against something that we're we're trying to push out or roll out. Mm -hmm. So by allowing teams to do that we're actually getting metrics from those teams on like oh they're actually consistently making concrete checklists we're running a power bi data and we're just typing in concrete and man these five or six different teams are already doing it and we didn't even ask them to do it yeah. so nice. we're, that's the kind of stuff where we're not necessarily trying to stop them we're just trying to make future projects easier for them so they can know mm-hmm. what to do day one mm-hmm. yeah it's like little laboratories of innovation Exactly. Crowdsourcing it. Yeah, I mean, every single project has somebody on it that's going to be passionate about it. Yeah. Otherwise, that project team's not going to go anywhere. So sure. uh, a lot of times it's either a PE or a lot of times it's even a superintendent that's pushing and moving the needle saying, hey, we really need to do some kind of 3D poll planning or do some kind of schedule like schedule viewing. Yeah. And that's when teams start to push that stuff. And then that's when me as the integration manager, I can notice these trends and bring that back and say, hey, you know, we might be focusing on this, but I'm seeing teams just organically doing this other thing. Can we mm. can we focus on this a little bit and see if we can help them out? So mm. it's it's a balance. Yeah, <laughs> I like being able to, to 
have the insight on what's happening organic. I think that's huge because yeah. you're, you're getting the, what, what are they going to do naturally? Exactly. If they're going to do it naturally. They're going to be way more likely to, to implement it and then scale it up from there. Exactly. And luckily on the data side, we can at least crowdsource what, what are they doing naturally? Because if I had to go into yeah. every single project and look at every Good single luck. form to see <laughs> yeah. what they're doing, I'd have gray hair by the time I was done. Yeah. So might already have a good thing for being blonde, but <laughs> nice. It happens to the best yeah. of us. Uh, so we're at AU. What's been some some takeaways so far? So I'd say my biggest takeaway is that there are so many people doing things so different, mm -hmm. but also with the same mindset, the same end goals. So mm -hmm. I've sat in a couple of meetings where uh, a great example is I sat in a schedule meeting and they were talking about how they're looking at using some of the new like poll planning type tools. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting to hear their take on it because it was very similar to internal discussions that we've already had, but uh -huh. they had a different view on it because it was a, a company in Ireland that was looking at it. So they had the same end goal, but a very completely different way to get to that end goal using the same tool. So yeah. just seeing other companies and maybe their methodologies on getting to that point, uh -huh. but at the same time having the same end goal because construction ends up being a similar process. So yeah. that, that's probably been the most eye-opening thing. And like I mentioned earlier to you is like, really, I think just connecting with all the different people. People are so eager to talk about what they're excited mm -hmm. for. And everybody here is passionate about something. And so it just even sitting down at lunch and talking to somebody that works in civil 3D all day and how they're passionate about a certain portion of it. And it's like, man, I, I would have never thought about that. But right. it's just interesting to hear like a different perspective on something in the same industry. Yeah, I agree. It, there's You realize that there's while there's a plethora of perspectives, everybody's Growing in the same direction. Absolutely. And you don't get that that feeling unless you come to something like this. Mm -hmm. it, it's easy to kind of other them and, and put them in a, a different bucket or not even think about them at all. Oh, uh, absolutely. So. I, I just uh, actually came out of a meeting and it was from an owner's perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, on the GC side, we're asking other GCs sometimes things, but, yeah. you know, how do the owners perceive what we do? So right. it's just kind of getting just that, that melting pot of different kind of people that are here at this conference. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the uh, tagline of, of the conference this year is the design and make conference. Mm -hmm. What do you think the state of design and make is? I would say that design and make right now is, is interesting because I think that there's so many talented designers. There's so many people going through and making things. Mm -hmm. But at, at the end of the day, I, I think that there's still a lot of disconnection in a lot of what we do. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I recognize that it's growing and becoming more and more connected every single day, going back to, to data, right? So as we're designing things, as we're going through that process, like I can start to see that web starting to interweave. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're, we're on the precipice of getting to that new state. So uh, I'm really excited that that's what they're pushing to because like ultimately what is construction other than that? So mm -hmm. I, I really like that that's what they're pushing this year. Yeah, nice. So the, the other, you know, big topic of conversation at AU has been AI. Yeah. Uh, AI, threat or opportunity? <laughs> so so I see AI kind of from a different lens. I'm a big podcast listener, listener yeah. and uh, I've listened to a lot about AI, and I always find it interesting to talk about like machine learning versus AI mm -hmm. versus AI you see versus AI you don't see. So yeah. I think that there's so much AI, and they talked about this in the conference, there's so much AI that you that you don't see that's happening in the background, right? Where you, you click sure. a button and it gives you something, and you're like, oh, that was convenient. I wonder how it got there, but then you just kind of don't worry about it anymore. Right. Right. Whereas like there's 
almost like the little bit more scary, like ChatGPT type of AI where you're like, huh, how does it know all of that? So I think that there's this interesting balance of people are adopting AI without even knowing they're adopting AI. And if used correctly, I think people will just start to say like, oh yeah, when I Google something, it just shows up. That's some version of AI. It has something in the cookies to know like, oh, this is actually what they're interested in. Right. If I type in ACC into my browser, it's going to give me Autodesk Construction Cloud. If one of my friends does it, it's going to be talking about football conferences. So it's a little bit of that behind the scenes version of AI that I think we're already using that I'm really excited about yeah. um, in terms of uh, ending the world or whatever people are scared about. I, I think AI is really powerful, but I think in the construction mindset, I think it's just really going to improve our workflows. And I think it's going to help designers, help people in construction to be more efficient and safer mm -hmm. for a lot of the things that they do, which is some pillars that we all, we're always talking about that now AI enables us to have that next level of kind of focus in on things that we might have not had before. Mm -hmm. I 100% agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I <Cool>. agree. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a, a an opportunity there for sure that uh, harnessed in the, the right way. Exactly. Exactly. The, the threat comes in on the, the responsibility side and, and what do we need to do there? And that's a, a whole cultural societal conversation, not just a, an industry specific uh -huh. But as far as creating uh, efficiencies and helping get rid of the the mundane aspects that nobody likes to do uh, of their yeah. job, I think AI is, is perfect for that. And, and maybe it's not even the things that they don't want to do. Maybe it's being able to be inspired by something. So yeah. there's, there's a tool that we've been looking at a little bit where it's like, hey, I'm talking to an owner and they want this type of facility with this many seats mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And then you can plug that into an AI tool and get a general idea of like an efficient like layout or an efficient format. And like, yeah. I don't think that's taking away necessarily from people's jobs, but I think it's giving them a, a, a way to get a good starting point where they can say, oh, mm -hmm. cool, this is a great starting idea. Now let me put my human touch to this and actually put what it needs to be. But yeah. now we're, we're starting to, to your point, and maybe that's more the mundane stuff, but I think it's allowing people to spark ideas. Yeah, well, I think there's two folds to it. I, I agree with that. Uh, like ChatGPT, uh, I call it my favorite brainstorming partner. Exactly. That, uh, I'm not going to use what it says <laughs> verbatim, but it's, it gives me ideas and, and thoughts that I was like, Oh, I wouldn't have made that connection, but that's cool. We can springboard off over here. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a great brainstorming tool. Mm -hmm. uh, and then to your point earlier, there's, there's so much stuff in the background of what we are already doing that has AI in it that we have no idea. And exactly. It, it's don't, it's yeah. all behind the scenes. We're just yeah. kind of living it in its it, world a little yeah. bit. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> sure. uh, so when I say the phrase modeling the future, what, is, what does that look like to you? in terms of like VDC modeling or just in terms of just Yeah, just kind of future? in general. If you want to take it down the, the VDC route, gotcha. go for it. If you want to keep it sky high, go for it. I like sky high. We'll go with that. <laughs> All right. Uh, honestly, I, I think that, that the future of construction and, and the directions it, it's going in general, and back to kind of my data point, I think everything is going to be so interconnected mm -hmm. and everything is going to be very streamlined to the point of, hey, you know, I'm, I'm having a project. Maybe I'm not doing submittals for it anymore. Maybe all of that is automated and pulled out of a Revit model and we can skip hundreds of hours worth of processing and figuring things out. Right. And yeah. like, I think that there's a future where 
we really are more left of the line with a lot of the things we do. Uh Uh, In construction, we tend to be reactive rather than proactive. I mean, depends on what it is, depends on the the contract and everything. But but that is like, that's the stigma at least, right? So when we're talking about the future, I really think that we're, we're starting to see something to where everything is interconnected. Everything has a nice workflow and it really goes from the office to the field in a seamless way and back. Mm-hmm. So people in the field, we're starting to see, hey, you know, I'm I'm statusing an asset, right? And that status of that asset goes and affects something that someone else is working on. And they don't even have to worry about changing it because, you know, that person just updated it. And now all of that data feeds back. And now we're starting to see that interconnectivity. And it, I think it's just going to be, the, I think the future is just going to be much smoother with mm-hmm. the way that we do stuff and less room for error. And so in, in my dream, at least for modeling the future, I think, I think everything is just going to be, it's going to be more of a, a fluid package. Everything is just going to yeah. be a little bit more consistent. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, that's the goal. That, that's, that's the goal. A, that's the, vision, that's the direction, sure. right? Yeah. Like even in the last seven years of me working for DPR, it's like that, that we've already started to see. Yeah. It. You can see the pieces starting to fall in place exactly. to make that happen for Quickly, sure. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Some places yeah, exactly. quicker than others <laughs> for sure. So one of our, our favorite topics is around innovation. Okay. What does innovation mean to you? So, so I, I love the, the term innovation. So with DPR, I'm considered the, the innovation person for uh, San Diego and Arizona, mostly Arizona. But it, it is interesting because there's two types of innovations. Mm-hmm. I think there's innovations that are shiny objects, and I think there's innovations that truly help and provide value. Okay. And the shiny objects sometimes can truly help and provide value, and there's there's room for all sorts of innovation. Mm-hmm. But I really, like the innovations that, that get me excited, are just the little things. Mm-hmm. It's it's the the tiny innovations that that remove a button click. It's the tiny innovations that people are like, oh yeah, now all I have to do is hover over a QR code and snap a picture and okay, cool. It went right to the thing that I'm trying to commission. Right. And I think those are the things that the construction industry really like, I, th- I think it, it's a great way that we can start to focus on and we can mm-hmm. kind of build that innovation to everything we do. And then there's also just these amazing innovations where we're doing like LIDAR scanning and we're for the first point, like getting actual point clouds of projects and then being able to do clash coordination. So mm-hmm. something DPR is passionate about is doing clash coordination on small projects, right? We couldn't have ever done that in the past mm-hmm. in like like with the technologies and current workflows that we had, mm-hmm. but now we can use certain camera imaging tools and different things to create a point cloud without getting a really expensive like scanner in there. And little innovations like that are now yeah. empowering our like PEs to go do things. So. I don't know. I'm, I just get excited about innovation. I think that there is so much room for us to innovate. And I think construction is one of those things where, you know, we, we saw all of, the in, all of the headsets and everything out on the floor today. And it's like, man, like if I could strap that on somebody to go walk the site and they could just be looking around, seeing where all the pipes are, as opposed to having to like look down at an iPad, look up, look back down, accidentally run into something like yeah. you're, you're just making it a safer and more efficient environment. So innovations, the small and the big are, are really helpful and trying to avoid the, the, the shiny object ones as much as we can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's a, a lot of really cool, uh, tech and, and possibility on the expo. I did the, the VR and being able to get into the model with people that were scattered throughout the, the our guide. I don't even know where he was. He wasn't <laughs> in, in Vegas. He was somewhere 
else. <laughs> somewhere in the world yeah. and was able to get into the environment with us and, and walk us around and tell us where things are and to point and click and like guide us through the, the model. So the, one of the potential, one of the things I think that came out of COVID really is a lot of these innovations where we can allow people from different places, different, uh, you know, like we were working with owners that were hundreds of miles away, mm -hmm. walking them through the space in a 3d environment with, a 360 camera and they could have even a headset on and be looking around as we're walking with them. Like yeah, the, the amount cool. of ways that we can kind of, kind of bridge that now without having to worry about like, Oh yeah, we got to fly you out here. We have to do this. We have to do that. Like right. obviously that in person goes a long way, no matter how much technology advances, but the ability to be more connected to what you're working on is greater than ever. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, I love the idea of some of the stuff that we saw. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how people find out more information and, and connect with you? Uh, you can email me, you can text me, call me. Uh, <laughs> you're I, yeah, accessible. I'm, I'm accessible. <laughs> you know, I, I really just love talking about innovation. I love talking about some of the stuff that we're doing as DPR. I, I get really passionate about like even something as simple as like an asset workflow. So definitely let me know. And I'm, I'm excited to just some of the, the future and even working with the Autodesk teams to try to shape some of what it looks like and bring that frontline perspective. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Well, final Absolutely. question for you. If you, I could give you all construction power, you could snap your fingers and innovate one thing in the industry. What would you pick to innovate? Oh man. Snap my fingers and one thing gets innovated. That's right. I think, I think safety is one of those things that we're a lot of times when we're talking about innovation, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's like front of mind. Everybody wants to say safety, but then when you go and look at like the expo shop floor, there may be one or two things related to safety. So I think some way to just, I don't want to say ensure safety, but uh, some way that we can make safety more of a foolproof mm -hmm. type thing for our front lines. It, inherently construction can be an unsafe environment. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of things going on. The more that it, I, we can focus on safety and get that into the innovation world, not exactly sure what that, what that innovation necessarily looks like, but if we can bring our, bring the workers home the same way that they got to work, that, that would make just a huge difference in the industry. So, yeah. yeah, that's a great one. It's a great one for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Kyle, thanks so much for taking the time and, and joining the show today. Thanks for having me. And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First take, technology and workflows are becoming increasingly consistent, enabling better scalability in construction. Second take, to boost technology adoption, it's crucial to assess whether individuals perceive it as a tool that lightens their workload. This perception significantly influences their willingness to embrace it. And final take, establishing a supportive community is an exceptional strategy for promoting technology adoption and fostering enthusiasm. Sharing knowledge and experiences with one another accelerates our collective success. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software, at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining the conversation to model the future on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating.